I had to like knock down the tower that I'd built for my life. And I had to knock it down and I had to pull out the foundations. And there I was with a, you know, a pit in the earth that was ready to build a brand new building. Welcome to Consciously Alive, a weekly podcast about how to live outside the rules, go against the norm, and consciously create a life that lights you up and makes you come alive. I'm your host, Phoebe Greenacre. I'm a spiritual business coach, somatic therapist, and founder of The Self-Care Space. I'm equal parts business and equal parts wellness, and I'm here to tell you anything is possible. Let's dive in. Welcome back to today's episode. Today we are chatting with Karina Kalila. She is a breathwork alchemist, sound healer, um, based here in Bali. Um, I am super excited for you to dive deeper into sound healing and breathwork healing. You are going to love this conversation. I had goosebumps and chills and I resonated so much with Karina's story. So I know you will too. Let's dive in. Are you? I'm really good. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. I'm super excited to share a little bit about your story, how you got to your tuning in from Bali. We both are in Bali here. Um, and a little bit about your kind of, yeah, I think you have a really interesting story. We, for people listening at home, Karina and I met on an embodied flow training. I feel like it was like 2018 or 2017. It was quite a while ago. Yeah. And there was a volcano at the time. So Karina was actually not supposed to be there. And so it was quite serendipitous that we got to meet. It was indeed. Oh, my gosh. That was such a wild adventure. It was like Bali trapped me here just so that I could do that training. It was phenomenal. And now you live in Bali full time. Yep. You know, I live back in Bali full time. Um, you're originally from Australia. Why don't you give a little bit about your story, um, about, you know, what you studied at school, what do you do now, and kind of anything that feels relevant for in the in-between parts? I would love to share. So, my goodness me, my, where do I begin? You know, I think by the time you're 37 like I am, it's like, where do you start your story? And um, I'm going to start, I was high school teaching, Um I became a high school teacher once I came out of school and uh, did that for eight years. And in the process of that, completely burnt out. Um, you know, took my work and myself very, very seriously. And eventually, because of stress and weight loss and and a whole lot of other factors in my life breakup, um, I ended up losing my hearing and uh, got down to about 50% in both ears. Uh, which essentially means you can hear maybe five to six different letters of the alphabet and the rest you sort of have to make up with your brain. Um, so I really struggled with my hearing. I knew that it was like energetic and like that everything that was going on in my life was really a factor of um, me having lost my hearing. And now I know it could be other factors as well, but we can probably get to that later. But um, that sort of began the journey of like diving into reducing stress that sort of dived into trauma and and then breathwork came into my life a couple of years later um, 
And so like it almost started, it began my spiritual journey, like going deaf really began everything. And not only that, I really got to learn the value of, of being able to hear people and uh, listen to people's stories and uh, developing that skill of being able to hear people also gave me permission to uh, be more vulnerable with the people in my life. And, um, you know, breathwork, like I said, breathwork was a huge part of that. I became a yoga teacher, which was about the time that I met you. Um, I've been yoga teaching by that point for about two years. And I think maybe you can relate to this. I'm not sure. Maybe you can, but definitely yoga and, and meditation. It's like, they sort of almost go hand in hand with trauma. Like the more we relax, the more we feel safe to be able to, um, you know, address the, the parts of us that are really holding us back or limiting our experience of life. So um, I started going into, you know, trauma-informed spaces, breath work and uh, somatic, um, you know, more somatic work. And now moved to Bali in 2019 just before the pandemic and once the pandemic hit I decided to stay it's like I don't think I should go I think I need to stay um, and I'm really glad that I did because you know at the beginning of the pandemic it was like it'll be just like two weeks of lockdown and <laughs> yeah I'm really glad I chose to stay <laughs> um, and I think the time that I've had here in Bali if any of the listeners and perhaps you can relate to this too um, the time that I've had here in Bali has been a deeply profound spiritual journey of finding the truth of who I really am. Can you resonate mm. with that? hundred percent, which is why I kept coming back here for 20 years and now I chose it as my soul home. It just keeps bringing you back. And I know a lot of the audience, a lot of my community listening at home, hi guys, they are feeling called to maybe come do a chapter in Bali or feeling called to change something that their their day-to-day -day life or their day-to-day -day job is not lighting them up anymore um, or they, they don't know where to go first like they don't know whether to retrain they don't know whether to it's their or is it their relationship is it their job is it their country there's so many things that can influence our environment and how we feel um what was that journey like from the, the when you were a school teacher to losing your um hearing what was the actual occurrence of events before you maybe retrained as a yoga teacher and stopped that full-time income because a lot of the women are in that place and they're like i don't want to lose um, my income I don't want to like just quit my job talk about what that looks like for you because I know when you when you go through a complete trauma of you know losing your ear your hearing there's no other way like there's you can't push past that you know and I think a lot of women wait till a complete breakdown or a complete um, health issue before they actually change something so let's talk about what happened in your journey I think I did exactly the same as as all of them and I I upon reflection of that time, it had to get that bad for me to make a change. And like my prayer is that nobody ever experiences something that bad. Um, and for me, it was like the best thing that could have happened. Now looking back, back in it, it was not the best thing that could have happened. So like I just before it all sort of began was um, 
where do we begin? I remember. Okay, so I was in a relationship with a guy and we had all the things like the house and the car and the, I had the job and he was training to be a lawyer and, you know, I had everything that I thought I needed. I was 27 at the time, I think, 27, 28. And I couldn't get this voice that was in my head. Plus, I was feeling really depressed often. And um, not only that, there was a lot of psychological um, things that I didn't know I needed to, to address at that time um, and alcohol abuse and sometimes drug abuse as well. And, uh, there was a little voice in my head that was like, you're not supposed to be here. It was like a whisper. You're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be here. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I've got everything that I could possibly want, but I was absolutely miserable. So, you know, circumstances of that relationship ended up with me deciding to walk away and you know at that time I was 29 it was like you know my parents were like what are you doing why are you leaving everything that you've got and my friends thought I was crazy but I just knew that this is what I needed to do and then um upon the breakup was the moment that I lost my hearing. It was like one morning, I, I don't even remember the morning. I don't remember when it happened, but I just started noticing like this shh sound in my ears. And I'd been half marathon training at the time, so I was really thin. Um, and according to the doctors, they said because of the weight loss and the stress, it sort of brought on this, I've got this um, hereditary disease, and yet I actually don't know anybody in my family with that with this disease so <laughs> how that came about I'm not sure um, so it had to get that bad and then it actually got worse so after that I was you know in my job and I was really unhappy in my job I was just not getting sad I wasn't satisfied and I would also entered a relationship with a co-worker and that got really sticky. It, it was like the perfect storm, Phoebe. Like it was the perfect storm of events. I had adrenal fatigue and I knew I just needed to get out. So I decided to go to Mount Everest and I did Everest Base Camp. And I was like, that'll, that'll settle me down. Like I'll be okay after that. And I got back and it was worse. It was like, you're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be here. This isn't it. Mm -mm, this isn't what you're supposed to be doing. And it got louder and louder. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do a yoga teacher training because I've been practicing yoga for like four or five years by that point. And the, the pivotal thing, and thank God she did this. My principal said no to me taking time off to go and do this yoga teacher training. It was like the last week of term four at school, like the you know, nobody really cares, but yeah, she said no. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm, I'm taking a year off. And so, you know, it, it's the most amazing thing. As soon as I decided to take the year off, it was like, it, it, it like my nervous system settled a bit, <laughs> not, not entirely, but after making that decision, it was like, okay, I'm doing this and there was so much fear I was so afraid of not having enough money I was so afraid of um, 
you know, losing my friendships. I was so afraid that uh, that I would be outcasted. There were all these sort of factors, and yet it was just I couldn't not do it. I had to do it. Um, so then what happened? I thought that by taking a year off and lowering my stress, I would be able to get my hearing back. And that year off, you know, I went traveling, I went around the world, I went and did a permaculture in in, um, in Italy for a couple of months and then I was in Thailand for a couple of months and then Amsterdam for a couple of months and, and I just experienced this whole life. And I was away for uh, nine months, nine or ten months from my home in Australia and as soon as I got home, that's when shit started to hit the fan again, excuse my French. You can swear. Um, great. <laughs> we <really> swear can. <laughs> here. Yay. Um, like I noticed that my old habits and patterns were just coming back all over again. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, and my stress was rising. And and so I decided to uh, become a, a yoga teacher full time. And like that was probably one of the best decisions that I'd ever made. Um However, <laughs> that wasn't to last because, like, being a yoga teacher, I was still working um, really long hours and, you know, I'd start at 6 a.m. and finish at 9 p.m. some days and be teaching, you know, four or five classes in a day. And uh, if any of the listeners here live in Sydney, you'll get that, that living in Sydney can be really expensive and um, being able to do that just what I was doing for work was only just getting me by. So, you know, I think it was a few years of really like struggling in a way and yet it was also the best, you know, the best decisions that I could have made because it led me to this, this point of full clarity. Mm. And um, if it wasn't for those challenging few years, then I wouldn't be here. Mm. And I think probably just for the listeners that are here that are thinking about making a change, the only way that things will change is by you taking action. And, like, I had to choose to leap into the fearful space of the the, the, the great unknown, the mystery, and just go, I'm going to go and do this, spread my wings, and, and pray that my wings know how to make me fly. And, you know, there were moments where it was like, you know, hit rock bottom a few times and I'd feel lonely and lost and unsure and and just keep having to take the leap and take the leap and take the leap. Mm. And it's the most empowering journey to just be able to take the leap. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Doesn't feel good. <laughs> no. It's, I mean, it sounds like you. this all started around your Saturn return. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which can be messy for people at home listening. Saturn returns around your 29th, 30th year when Saturn returns back to its point, uh, the planet Saturn, uh, when you were born. And a lot of times it throws up shit in your face, um, things that don't serve you, things you've been avoiding pretty much your whole 20s or your whole life. And it's time to like, actually step into who you're supposed to be or meant to be or your higher kind of self and 
Thank you, Karina, for sharing that chapter because a lot of people stay there because they're scared of being single, being, you know, not having enough money, having to struggle. And with all entrepreneurial journeys, that normally is the, the, the you know, part of the journey. But it, I feel like it doesn't feel as good or like the sensations of like where you're at now. And even me, I'm talking about myself in this sensation when you can feel, when you feel success following your own pathway, mm-hmm. I feel like it feels 1000 times better knowing you did it all yourself and you did it for you. Does that resonate with you? 100%. Um, it's so worth it. It's so yeah. worth it. The whole journey is so worth it. Um, and the irony, if, if I, because I, I looked up my exact dates of the Saturn return, mm. and actually they were the dates where I had just took the leap and spread my wings and had begun to fly. It was like everything that led up to that was the, a greater challenge than the Saturn return itself. It was like everything just um, beautiful. I, I was going to say came together, but it didn't. It, it, it absolutely, uh, what's the word? It was the most beautiful falling apart of my life I could have ever have experienced. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> Can you relate to that? A hundred percent. I've I've had some beautiful falling aparts a few times in my life, um, <laughs> and it, I like to say uh, when people come to me with client like in like whether it's in somatic therapy or in yoga, and people like I'm so broken, and I like to look at a disco ball, and there are uh, hundreds and thousands of broken pieces of glasses. And the disco ball is that you just get to put them all back together to be that shiny version of yourself. Yep. Yep. I I like to uh, use the analogy. I I get this with my clients as well, like with my breathwork clients. And they come to me and their life is a mess or they've got a pattern repeating and it's driving them nuts. And they're at this place of like, I can't do this anymore. And I'm like, great. All right. Here we go. And it's a little bit like, and this is what felt like that time of my life of um, I had to like knock down the tower that I'd built for my life. And I had to knock it down and I had to pull out the foundations. And there I was with a, you know, a pit in the earth that was ready to build a brand new building on top of that. Mm. And I don't know if any of you have follow like anybody listening listens or follows tarot but it's totally the 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 tower card um, of just needing to destroy everything and starting again Um, and as women as the feminine like that's probably one of the most empowering spaces that we can go to is like going into Kali full destruction of all the Mm -hmm. ego structures of of our life and I like that I'm using the word structure like it was an ego structure this is what I thought I needed to have the the house the car the job the partner the one or 2.5 children and you know that that just I knew in my bones that that wasn't right for me and it some of that's right for some people in other parts it's not but I knew that the whole thing was a picture that had been painted for me and wasn't my picture of my life Mm. so 
Wow, right? <laughs> yeah, wow. I have tingles of so many things that you're sharing right now. Um, I, I often ask my uh, guests, uh, what is something that you have had to consciously unlearn so that you can move forward with this pathway? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to scare people because it literally everything, like... Mm. Um, you know, just, just saying what I just said, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a, I th- I'm going to say that I feel that my view on my life, what I really want for my life looks really different to uh, what I'd learnt that I should have in my life. And that's much more simple roots, like earth and realness and not about what you have or who you think you are. And yet that idea of life had been shamed by my family and, and who know you, that's, that's not how you live. And so there was a massive unlearning of that as I chose to step on the path that was mine um, because even though cognitively I wanted to have this beautiful idea of my life, uh, the programs that were running in my brain kept me attuned to wanting something that I didn't really want. Does that make mm. sense? Totally. Yeah, it's really complicated. So, like, go. I, I think when, you know, I'm 38, so, you know, same age, um, when you have 30 years plus of programming, what they teach you in school, what you see in Hollywood movie films, the shoulds of going to, you know, secondary learning university, the type of partners that are, you know, successful or deemed to be a good husband and provider. Like there is so how you should wear, what you shouldn't wear, how you should move, what you should, how you should have your hair. That's not ladylike. Like there are, especially as women and women from a Western society, there are so many shoulds that we should do. And so that takes long, like loads of therapy <laughs> that takes just another 30 years to unbreak that and really bash that down and like break that, that down. So yeah, it, it is complicated because what we have learned for 30 years takes a long time to relearn or unlearn and then choose what we want as that, you know, ideal. Yeah, totally. And what I want to sort of share is it's really important that I share this because it, it's not while we're wanting to like reprogram the brain and that sounds like a lot to unlearn the result or the benefit of that is feeling so i'm going to speak from i so myself that it's so comfortable to be me and so comfortable to be in my body and i clearly know what's a yes and a no and i clearly um am guided by my intuition and, and my inner knowing and my inner compass and mm. sovereignty. And, mm-hmm. and that's to feel that as opposed to having felt like I used to feel like anxiety, depression constantly, like swings of anxiety and depression. I had complex CPTSD, CPTSD and um, having been able to unwind that was just uh, the result of that is just, it's so good. I don't think there's words to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
the amounts of the peaks of joy and love and peace that I now experience because I've chosen to unprogram my brain and reprogram it in a in a loving kind um, with loving kindness towards myself and yeah. towards others. It's just yeah, it way surpasses the the potential challenge of having to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about your journey from losing your hearing to then f- discovering your gift of sound and sound healing. Yeah. Because I feel like that's a really important part before you then went into breath work. Yeah. So the breath work and the sound actually came at the same time. Um, so I was, it was 20, what year was it? 2016. And it was about May 2016, and I was managing a yoga studio. I've been yoga teaching. And this guy came to the yoga studio. He was doing something called sound healing, and I was like, please, sound healing, as if that's a thing. And so I was super skeptical. I made the poster and did the promotions for it, and and he came in. His name's Daniel Coates. He's, he's amazing. Um, and he did the sound healing and I was lying there in Shavasana and I was listening to the sound and because my hearing was so bad, only some of the hearing, uh, the, some of the sounds were actually getting to my ears. And then at one point he was, I couldn't hear anything, but I was feeling like waves move up and down my body. I felt nauseous. I wanted to vomit. I was hot and cold. And I'm not able to hear anything that he's doing. And then all of a sudden he starts chanting, making the sound healing sounds. And um, I decided to take a peek to see what he was doing. And he was actually playing like the crystal balls that I now play. And I was like, whoa, I couldn't even hear it. And it was like moving through my body in this way. So I went up to him after the session. I was like, that was really cool. Still very skeptical. Um, I'd love to get a private session with you. And he was like, sure. It was a two-hour private session. I'm like, wow, two hours of sound healing? This is going to be big. Um, Turns out it was a breathwork session. So I went in there and he's like, okay, so we're going to breathe today. And I was like, okay. had no idea what it was. And what I experienced in that breathwork and sound healing session was like, I had memories of, of, you know, the first time I ever knew that I was a burden to my mother and I was like three months old in a, in a cot. And the reason why I know this happened was because I had a memory come back of me being in the cot and I was crying and mum put her hand on my back and I could feel through the transference of her hand that she was anxious about me. So I made that mean that I was a burden and three months old. <laughs> So I decided to go home and I was like, mom, um, I have this memory and she went white. Sometimes the most productive thing we can do is to tune out from the rest of the world and go within. Pressing the pause button to refill our cup is not selfish, it's essential. The self-care space makes your journey of healing accessible, clear, and enjoyable. I've created this sacred container so you can find your center and come back to your true home on a daily basis with ease, grace, and clarity. You'll experience a comprehensive video library with practices ranging from five minutes 
to full weekend retreats so you can create your own bespoke self-care routine. Start your free seven-day trial today. And she was like, it was the only time I didn't pick you up. And she got all teary and she was like, I'm so sorry. And, you know, it was it was a beautiful moment for mum and me. But, um, you know, that was a massive moment of realising that there is some really big power in, in breathwork and sound healing together and separate. So in that moment I had, you know, only just found out, ah, it's about a week later that I got hearing aids and... Um, after the breathwork session. And not only that, I could see how the energy was blocked around my ears and, you know, the space behind my ears was was completely stuck. There was a lot that happened in that breathwork session, sort of probably too much to go into. Um, but I knew that I had to start singing. And so I got myself a crystal bowl and was just playing with the crystal bowl and feeling the waves of energy move up and down my body. And then I started omming. And I would do that at the end of my classes and, you know, people would come out and be like, whoa, that was you singing? That was amazing. I've never had much singing experience except for, like, choir. Mum made me do choir when I was in year four and year five. Um, and so I, my arms developed into what my teacher does, uh, my breathwork practitioner does, you know, the shamanic chanting, the oohs, the ahs, the es. And I used to practice by putting my phone and recording on my phone and then being able to listen back and like, okay, that sounded good or that didn't sound good. So I decided to get a few sessions with my teacher and and he like stopped me halfway through the session. He's like, Karina, you've been doing this for lifetimes. Just keep going. You really don't need me. Just keep singing. And so one thing led to another and and I started doing sound healings for people and the the breathwork practitioner training sort of came after that. And mm. um, what I found was the breathwork empowered me to be able to have the courage to, one, sing in front of people and then, two, make the changes that I needed to change in my life. And, mm. um, you know, abundance at that time was really I wasn't getting much. <laughs> Financial abundance is what I need to say. Yeah. And, um, you know, the breathwork and the sound healing really helped me to empower myself to um, start holding space for workshops and and then my you know, financial abundance started to flow through and um, yeah there's it, it just kept growing and growing and growing <laughs> and you've recorded an album so let's just so, so let's just so we can people at home can understand you just don't sing with your bowls at classes like you have recorded albums you've collaborated like I had a session with Karina last week and it was I went to another space so we did a rebirthing breathwork session and she sung and she had crystal bowls and it was orgasmic yeah <laughs> like <laughs> my nervous system disintegrated like as in in a good way like it just like melted into the ether yeah yum yum supposed to go like let's yeah all of that tension out into space mm-hmm. oh yeah. yum what an analogy <laughs> so so welcome i'll write you a testimonial because we know babe. that they all help i'll just um, take 
that's fine. Yeah. Um, so... You then start offering breathwork sessions and sound healings integrated, and now you've moved on to training as well. And yeah. so let's talk about a little bit about that, as in you've moved into that space as well as your one-to-ones. But what has that given you in terms of instead of trading, you know, like say a yoga teacher has to teach eight hours a day or, you know, six hours a day, five, five days a week, and you're barely even making rent. The switch from one-to-one to one-to-many, because this is what I help people do in my business course, is that when you start doing group things, your whole expansion of financial bond just, like, completely can flip. Like, it it looks so different and unbelievable, you know, stuff that you probably not taught at school or taught at, like, you know, we kind of are trained to you know, exchange money for time, go to a full-time job and get your pay packet and that's it. And you kind of stay, you know, where you are unless you get a promotion or, you know, you move jobs, but there's no, there's no, this like exponential abundance that can come in when you start to reach more people. Yeah, very true. Um, I will say that that wasn't the intention. No, it never is. Yeah, no, it never is. <laughs> but it, it never is. But I'm really grateful that that happened. Um, for me, I was getting so the pandemic happened, and I had a bunch of clients in Australia who were like, "Can you please breathe me?" And people were bored as well, so I just started breathing people online. By the end of that year, because I've sort of worked with people over a six month period, one to one normally, um, and towards the end of that year I had five or six of them being like can you please train us just teach us what we just just teach us how to do this because it's really powerful and I would love to be able to do this with people um and so I created a course because you know that was my profession before like I wasn't just a high school teacher I was also a program writer for uh, the Department of Education in New South Wales and um I was like oh this is really easy I know how to do this oh wow and then not only that it was like breath work and being able to teach what I like I love teaching I love teaching I love speaking it's like oh this is like all of my skills in one and I'm really happy and excited so for me it's like it just brings me so much joy Mm. to be able to teach people how to facilitate a transformational space for a client and I get a little bit emotional saying this. It's like, and not only that, to be able to be so versatile in the way that we do that in a safe way, uh, because creating safety is is like my number one value with with breathwork. Because there's a lot of, um, you know, people can have really uncomfortable experiences that can, you know, have them avoid breathwork altogether for the rest of their life. When actually, breathwork could be the the medicine that they need. Um. So just to trace back to your question, yeah, it's been really transformative for for both me and for the people that have come through the trainings. And every single time I've done it, this will be the the one that we're doing in July will be the fourth training I've run. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every single time I run it, it's like, how can I make this more and more and more transformative for the people that are coming through the training? So it's not a series of videos it's 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 personalized there's not that many people in the group and it's also like um 
really empowering people to take people through transformational spaces in a safe way. Um, because I think like transformation can be challenging and it can also be a shit ton of fun. Mm. <laughs> it can also be like, oh my God, this is who I am. This feels really good. And it can also be like, oh my God, this is who I am and this is shit. And I, you know, and there is no right or wrong. There's, it's no good or bad. It just is. And this is the human experience of being able to stretch from like the depths of sadness to the peaks of joy and anything in between. Mm. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about a rebirthing breath work session because yeah. sometimes people, if they've not experienced it, they don't know what to expect. So maybe describe it in, you know, simple terms of what they could, why people may choose breath work or rebirthing breath work as a therapy, mm-hmm. what it can help. And what could they expect from a session? What, what would it look like? Amazing. Okay, so um, so the, the breath work is essentially conscious, connected breathing in and out through your nose. Uh, this is Leonard Orr's style of breath work. It's rebirthing breath work is in and out through the nose. And what it does is it pours a whole lot of energy into your body and essentially just moves stuck energy. So the beauty is that anything can happen. Because energetics translated into physical body, into emotional body can mean so many different things to different people. So the benefits are like pages and pages and pages long. But just to summarize, um, I, I would say probably the three main benefits is that it empowers people to take action in their life that perhaps they were too afraid to take action about. Mm. The second thing would be it neutralizes belief systems that we've been harboring for a really long time, which assists with the empowerment. So it's you stop believing all the things that you once believed. Um, and that leads you into uh, integrating traumatic experiences, if that's where a client wants to go. Mm. And when we integrate trauma, it actually becomes our greatest strength. Like when we integrate, you know, the shit parts of our lives, Um, the skills that we learned from survival, being in survival mode, actually become our greatest strength. It's just they're not, you know, those qualities or those behaviour characteristics are not coming from a place of fear anymore. They're coming from a place of love. Mm. And uh, there's four. I'm going to say that there's four. Mm. Deep, profound relaxation. And when we relax, that is the truest form of letting go. Mm. No, relaxation is the truest form of letting go. And when we relax, we can enjoy life. When we relax, we're way more present. So they are the benefits. And why would people choose breath work? There are so many different forms of therapy. And you know what? They actually, I, I don't know the answer to that, to be mm. really frank. Okay. Um, the people that come to me are usually the people that have felt it with their heart. Like, I, I know I need to try this and I don't know why. Yeah, that's usually the case. Or they've tried a few breathwork sessions, had really profound experiences, and like I want to go deep dive in one on one with somebody, and they, that's yeah. when they come to me. Um, but the the essence of a session is a, like one on one. Is there's time for a little bit of talk therapy? We sort of identify the beliefs or the the patterns that are going on. We might address um, trauma if that's present, and then we'll we'll breathe with intention. 
because intention makes things happen. It's the, it's the fuel behind the breath. So when there's intention, things start to shift. And even when there's no intention, actually, things, things will shift. Yeah. And then there's a bit of space and time at the end of the session for, like, integration. And sometimes there's a little bit of conversation there. And it's, it's over, you know, I usually carry people through 10 sessions. And over that 10 sessions, I watch people completely transform their lives. Um, and what that means is, like, they have the conversations. They take the action, leave the job, leave the, the partnership. Um, you know, they take big moves. I've been working with one person for two years and we've done nearly 20 sessions and he has unwound from shame and guilt and fear. He has been able to change career paths and now he's like having very expansive experiences of consciousness and awakening moments of like oneness and, and you know, his capacity to feel the range of emotions is 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 greater he's mm. just way more comfortable in his skin and and feeling the the vast majority of the experience of life and he's okay with doing that yeah that's really profound very profound yeah what's your experience if you don't mind me asking um yeah i actually was going to share it so i was gifted a rebirthing session back before i got legally married in 2019 mm. and I suppose as a manifesting generator, and at the time I was CEO of um, my company, Silu, and teaching yoga on the side and just like full-time hustle. I was a hustler. Um, still am in my own right, but like much more chilled vibes now. <laughs> um, and I was very good at, at storing exhaustion. And yeah. that I didn't really, yes, I was really good at self-care. Yes, I had a yoga practice, meditation, but I did all the things, but I didn't actually really allow myself to be like, you're fucking wired all the time. And yeah. that's my natural kind of energy state. I am super wired, but also super grounded, which is a, 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 a weird mixture. Yeah. Um, and so when I would have uh, this first rebirthing session was a one-to-one -one, um, and I, I literally like shook, like shivered from being cold for nearly the whole entire session once we got into that really deep state. Um, and because I, and you know, she was covering me with blankets. I, I'm kind of out of it at this point, like not, not physically being aware of what was happening. Um, and, and yeah, and I, I was shaking out the exhaustion. The exhaustion was leaving my body involuntarily. Wow. And, and that is crazy because there was no other, you know, I had studied somatic therapy at this point. I had done loads of different types of um, holistic therapies um you know plant medicines that kind of stuff but there was nothing that had shook me <laughs> like literally physically i the the exhaustion shook out of me yeah. um and then i ended up floating in like fields of sunflowers i was like mm -hmm. like my body was hovering and i was in this beautiful place of like yeah oneness and wholeness and warmth and mm. i wanted to stay there forever it was beautiful um and so that was my first experience. I've had very similar experiences since. And I like to look at breath work like if you know that there's something stuck or there's some energy or something that you know you just want to shift, but um, you yeah, know yeah. that 
Well, you don't know how, but you know you can, like, you know, you're intelligent enough to, like, hide it away or you subconsciously, like, hide it in your busy schedule or um, you don't really let yourself feel things. Mm -hmm. This Mm. This is a modality where you can't hide because you have to go you 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 your body releases things so i've had uh friends family that have done breathwork they they end up having like a a release of like really smelly session like their like their bo is really smelly because it's like they're releasing toxins and held energy people cry people laugh people um you know experience loads of different things and i think that's such beautiful experience it's such a beautiful experience essentially like what i love about breathwork is i'm not a healer i'm i'm not a healer i don't i don't do any energy work on people uh, and of course if if a practitioner has that skill then they can however what i love to witness is when you breathe and you've breathed with me you're breathing yourself and you're you know maybe not in the first session but over time you begin to learn how to move the energy on your own And not only that, that's essentially healing yourself. And so what it is is an empowerment of you healing you, which I love because we don't, we need people to support us in our healing, but we don't need another person to heal us. And that's empowering. Mm. Like, I mean, I've had, I still have people supporting me. Like since I became a yoga teacher, I've had someone, a therapist, a healer, a um, acupuncturist or a, you know, some sort of psychotherapist or a breathwork practitioner, yeah. I've had support me and I'm so grateful for that. But in the essence of all of it is I'm able to heal myself. Mm. And it's a skill like once you take somebody through 10 sessions, they can then breathe themselves and they can em- empower themselves like, oh, I'm not feeling so good today. I'm actually going to take an hour and I'm just going to breathe myself. And then they, you know, they keep upgrading themselves. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. It's just amazing. Super exciting. <laughs> Super exciting that there's your next um, training is happening online and also in person in Bali. So it's a, mm-hmm. um, happening at the end of July and if two yeah, weekends July, in July. August. So if people are listening, um, you have a week or something left to sign up. Um, you can just DM Karina. I'm going to put all of the show notes, um, your Instagram, your website, um, email Karina. If you're interested, if this is the calling, I would suggest (laughs) to potentially have a one-to-one with Karina as well to really experience if you've never experienced it before. Um, and yeah, I, I will ask, um, to leave Karina with a final piece of advice, for the woman that is in that point of searching? Oh, firstly, I just want to say thank you to you. Uh, thank you for all of that you just shared. I really appreciate it a lot. And, so welcome. Um, I love the size of your heart, Phoebe. It's big. <laughs> um, so the advice that I would give, hmm, If something scares you, I invite you to lean into it. Acknowledge the fear and do it anyway. I think that's probably my advice. Lean into where the fears are 
Mm. Because that is the road to your greatest self, your truest self. And you don't need to search. Everything is here. And I'm pointing at my heart right now. Everything mm. is, is right here. It's inside you. You don't need to go searching. But I think that's the search. We go out, we look for it, and then actually it's like, oh, it's here. Oh, I didn't even realize it's here. <laughs> and that's the journey. And it's an ever-evolving journey. I'm still remembering, like, oh, my God, it's here. And then I forget and, I, and I'm, oh, my God, it's here. It's, you know, it's such a... <laughs> I feel like there should be a Disney movie or something that's that, you know, or maybe there already is, like the magic is inside. Frozen. Yeah, Frozen. it does. Frozen does. Have you, have you seen Frozen? Not uh, in parts, you know, when you're, I've been babysitting friends. I've seen Frozen 1 and Frozen parts. 2. They're yeah. very good. And they're okay. for the gold. Nice. So I love I'm, it. I'm, I'm not ashamed of this. They are two of yeah. my favorite movies. <laughs> I love it. I yeah. love it. Thank you so much, Karina. It has been an absolute pleasure. I feel like there's going to be a part two. We can dive into some other topics, but thank you so much for sharing and thank being you. present. And yeah, I can't wait to train with you next month or this oh, month. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much, Phoebe. It's such a pleasure. That conversation lit me up so much. And I hope that whatever you needed today from today's podcast, that you received a message, that you received a sign, that you received whatever it is that you need to lead out your week, um, your month, and maybe the next step in your journey to finding yourself or becoming more in contact with what it is that lights you up inside. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. I so enjoy creating these conversations and interviews to help inspire, motivate, and create a dream life for yourself. If you ever want to chat, feel free to reach out on Instagram at Phoebe Greenacre. Send me a voice note, send me a message. I love hearing from my community and I, this is why I create every single day. It's for you. Don't forget to hit subscribe or leave a review. I would be forever grateful and it helps to expand the reach of the podcast, help to get this message out to many more women out there. Thank you and have a great day.